Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here to talk to you about my friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Are you looking to get out of debt? Conrad and his team can make that happen faster than me firing the hockey talk man. Wow. And you know that controversy creates cash, right? Do you know what doesn't create cash? Credit card debt. Save with Conrad can help you consolidate high interest credit cards and all of your other debt into one low monthly payment. They can even help you get the cash you need for home improvements or anything else. They've helped 83 weeks listeners save 500, 600, 700, even $800 a month. Seriously, your papers are going to go down faster than nitro ratings in 2000. Ouch! And how about this? No house payments for two months. That's right, no house payments for two months. And unlike the dirt sheets, man, the reviews do not lie. With over 1,000 five-star reviews, find out for yourself how much Conrad and his team can save you by checking out savewithconrad.com today. You'd be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be talking about when I defended the TNA title against Mick Foley. But first, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Hey, Kurt. I'm doing great. It's great to see you, and uh, you look a little bit different than you did last week. You're uh, you growing in some facial hair. Paul Bromwell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like it, man. You're getting little little beer growing. I think. Are you trying to get a little sexy for your week next <laughs> week with Giovanna? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, I'm going white, straight out white, white okay. gray hair. I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. I like it, man. I like it. You look tough. You had that in your TNA days, the stubble look. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's what remind me of it. Somebody sent me a picture. They said, "Who is this guy? I can't even recognize him." Yeah, it was me. Yeah. I even had like a crew cut on top of my head, not here where it's bald, but everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You had a little hair coming in, but I thought it looked kind of tough, kind of badass. So you're Thanks. doing that again. You got a little, little, it's a little white and that's okay. Ain't nothing yeah, I'm wrong keeping with it that. No, yeah, you should. But yeah, you're going, uh, you're going out of town. You were just telling me that you and Giovanna are going to get to Tampa, uh, next little week. alone time with the wife. That's just what for three days. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't drive you around in circles talking to Kim Horton for two hours again. So no phone calls. That, was, while she that sucked, man. <laughs> she kept missing the turns. I'm like, what the F are you doing? Stop. Get off the phone. Drive. Let's get to the place where we need to be. <laughs> for those that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Giovanna and Kurt were uh, supposed to what? Just go down the road, go somewhere local. We were going to a restaurant to eat. And uh, she was talking to Kim Morton, her best friend. And um, she kept missing the turns because she was on the phone, not paying attention. And we missed a turn at least 10 times back and forth. And I, and I just looked at her like this, like, oh, my God. You're driving me nuts. And she got off the phone eventually, and then we made it there. (laughs) Two two hours later. All right. So there's our peek into the life of Kurt Angle, your Olympic hero, uh, a day in the life of Kurt this week. But, man, listen, it's great to be back with you. We've been having a lot of fun shows uh, and uh, always enjoy it. But we're going to jump into TNA again. We're talking all things going back to your time as you wrestled Mick Foley. Last week we spent some time talking about the beginning or the birth of the main event mafia. And, uh, but man, we also touched on you and uh, working with the hardcore legend. Uh, so are you ready to do this? We're going to, we're going to talk all things Foley. 
Let's do it, man. Let's talk about all things Mick Foley. All right, here we go. And we're going to do a watch along. So the last 30 minutes of the show, we're actually going to watch the match from Victory Road. And uh, and so, listen, this is where we pick up the story. We're coming out of Slammiversary where you had won the TNA title. Kurt is once again TNA champion. Um, it was the king of the mountain match. Look at him holding his arms up. <laughs> he had defeated Mick Foley, uh, but also involved in this king of the mountain match were AJ Styles, Jeff Jarrett, and Sting. You you want to talk about a Mount Rushmore of talent. I know everybody has our Mount Rushmore of guys, but uh, I'm talking Hall of Famers when you talk about Double J Sting, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Kurt Angle. Kurt, holy shit, what a list of talent TNA had back then. You know what? We were loaded. Uh, you know, the ratings were pretty good. I mean, they weren't incredible, not compared to WWE, but our ratings were up. And because we had such a loaded roster, uh, it, it was really cool to see all these guys sign with the company that kind of followed me. I, I would have to say that I followed Sting. He was there first, but I came there and then everybody else started following suit. And before I knew it, it seemed like a, a half WWE and half yeah. TNA locker room. We talked about it. Nash, you know, Foley. So all these Declare, guys. Yeah. yeah. Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Well, Samoa Joe turns heel to join the main event mafia and help you get the victory. Was there ever a right time to put Joe with you after your history in TNA? Cause you guys had a kick-ass history fighting once, you know, each other. No, no, there wasn't a right time. It, it was really uncomfortable too, because Joe and I, our characters hated each other, right? We despised each other and it was really difficult to bring us together. We didn't do a lot of interaction because uh, they didn't want that to happen. I think they wanted to keep Joe and I, you know, not so much good friends, but just kind of like compatible, get along. Yeah. And this is all in 2009 guys. I don't know if I mentioned the year at the top of the show. Uh, but if, so if you want to go back, check it out on impact, you can, you can kind of keep up with the storylines there on the impact app, but on that next impact, you regain the leadership of the main event mafia from sting. And we touched on this last week that sting was never, he never really, I guess, asserted himself as the real leader of the group backstage. Did you, did you feel that way or, or how, how was yeah, it? Like? What was you it know like? what? It was, it was just really hard to have sting in that position because he's such a baby face yeah he's been a baby face his whole career and him being in the main event mafia it was kind of putting a glitch in in our computer you know because we were all heels and we were running with it and sting when sting would come out the fans would cheer it's like holy crap like how do we get this guy to be a heel uh it's impossible to make sting a heel that's how that's how good he was in his career and that's how popular he was Hey, by the way, as we're recording this, this is a live ad-free show event, and I want to shout out a couple guys, Zol Lopez, Brian Haremza, and others that are here with us. So quick shout out, if you're not a member on ad-free shows, you get to watch the shows live with us uh, from time to time, and this is one of those events, guys. It's great to see you. I see you in the chat, chatting it up, and uh, we're doing Kurt Angle live and in living color, so throw your comments in the chat, and we'll have fun today. So, uh, Kurt, the story is that you and Joe put the deal together behind Sting's back was the buildup to put you and Sting against each other in the future when the mafia was was broken broken up. You know what? They never talked about Sting and I, and and it's really surprising because I rarely wrestled Sting in TNA. I mean, we should have had a big program between both of us. I mean, uh, you can you could have made a lot of money with Sting and Kurt Angle going at it, and it was just uh, it was never really talked about, which I'm really surprised. Yeah, I think for we fans, we would have loved to see that too. Sting, Kurt Angle, build a program, a long program between the two of you. Money. Uh, it's it's incredible to see. We've said it before, what he's still doing. I don't know if you saw several weeks ago, the guy jumped off a ladder outside the ring and threw someone, you know, threw their, another wrestler on a table. He ended up bloodying up his mouth. He's 60 something years old doing I this know. stuff, Kurt. He's still going at it, man, like he's 20. Uh, the guy is timeless. Uh, he's ageless. And uh, my hat's off to him. I, I give him a lot of credit for it. Every time he does something, it's like, just don't get seriously hurt, right? Oh, uh, he's such know. an athlete. He's so athletic, you know? Yeah. He'll never throw that out the window. He'll keep his athleticism till the day he dies. He is incredible. Uh, the other end of this story is that Jenna Marasco... Uh, Maraska is, uh, she was also on survivor. Um, for those of you that are big fans of the survivor, she had joined the company, by the way, 
Pittsburgh's own Jenna Maraska. Yes. I don't know if you know that or not. She went to the University of Pitt. And uh, so she's joined the company. And the story is that she had invested the money, her millions, uh, in the bringing Joe into the company. What did you think of having Jenna become a major part of the storyline uh, with the main event mafia? Well, I was responsible for getting Jenna into the This story. is what I was hoping for. Okay, tell us yeah, about it. Yeah, we did an independent movie together. And, you know, she showed me she could act. And she was a beautiful woman. And I figured, hey, let's let's see if TNA would be interested. And they were, uh, especially with her being on Survivor and doing so well. So uh, we decided to bring her down. And, you know, that that's how it all started. Yeah, uh, one thing that we won't go over is her match with Charmel at uh, Victory <laughs> Road. I mean, I I, I was uh, taking a look at some of the feedback on uh, the reviews from that one, and oh my God, it was uh, definitely not a, a Kurt Angle four star match to say the least. You know what? They, what they sh they should have prepared for a lot more. I mean, these two girls, Charmel has been in the ring; she has experience, sure, but, but Jenna doesn't, and. She didn't even know how to run the ropes, let alone anything else. And here we are, we're doing this, you know, we're doing this match with the two of them. They should have had like them training for two months with each other and, and just do nothing but the match, you know, whatever spots they were going to do in the match. That's what they should have done. And they should have taught Jenna how to bump properly and hit the ropes. I mean, it, it would only taken a month or two to do that. And they would have had a, a much better match than they had then. The uh, wrestling observers uh, and figure four, you know, wrestling observer, they said it was the worst worst match of the year. Brian Alvarez called it the worst women's match he had ever seen. <laughs> what did you expect? Jenna has never been in the ring before. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he gave that, it a he gave it a minus four star that. rating, Kurt. Minus I don't blame four it on Charmel. I know yeah. Charmel knows yeah. what she's doing. So they, this was all Jenna. <laughs> there you go. Well, Foley comes out and says, even though he pinned you during the course of the King of the Mountain match, he should still be championed by his logic. What was Mick's body like at this time? Did he tell you, hey, take it easy on me, give give me all you got? Like, do you remember uh, working with him at this point? He was cool with taking whatever bumps he wanted. I mean, he, you know, Mick, he's going to do some crazy stuff. But what he was more concerned about was his conditioning. He was nervous that he wouldn't be able to stay in the ring with Kurt Angle for longer than 10 minutes. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Mick told me to back off a little bit. Don't be as intense, but I don't know how to do that. And, uh, I continue to be as intense. I, I honestly, I did back off. I did, uh, give him some space. I gave him some room to breathe every once in a while, but, uh, Mick was really nervous about that. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I, I, as we said, this is a live show and Zol Lopez, he just put in the chat cause we were talking about, uh, Jenna being with, uh, you know, being a part of survivor. He said, if Kurt could compete in any reality competition show, which one would it be survivor, big brother or naked and afraid, naked and afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that, took, that took him no time to answer that. Kurt wants to be nude. Okay. I want to be naked on an island. <laughs> there you go. Well, you tell Mick you have the power as champion, and you're not interested in giving him a rematch. Did TNA need an authority figure in your mind, Kurt, during this time for this to all make sense? They could have used one. Yeah, just to be the in-between person sure. between the good guys and the bad guys, especially with the main event mafia. Uh, we were basically calling the shots. You know, there should have been an authority figure. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Well, Jeremy Borash has asked you directly if you told Sting about the plan, and you said you did, but it's none of his concern. Listen, we don't talk about Jeremy Borash much on this show, Kurt, but what did you think of him and Impact and his abilities and what he could do? Oh, Jeremy was the MVP of the company. He really was. Not only did he interview guys and do all that stuff, but he did all the editing for the pay-per-view commercials and uh, the storylines every week. He did all this stuff and turned it in. And he was our, he was our producer, director, everything. I mean, he did, he did it all, the whole ball of wax. He's one of those guys that I thought, uh, there you are with your whole ball of wax. He's one of those guys though. You're absolutely right. That, um, people will don't necessarily realize the impact that he has on wrestling from behind the scenes. Yes. He could do it all. And he he's doing really it for NXT that. too, still to this yeah. day. Um, so there you go. There's also uh, a background story at Taz about the debut for the company. So here we go. Another guy. What do you think about Taz coming in? Oh, everybody was excited. He was a big name. He was going to be a commentator and Taz was really good at it. And, uh, 
you know, knowing that he was coming to the company, like I said, he was a huge name and people were excited about it. Man, he was, he's, he is, he's a great commentator. Okay. Uh, obviously just this week, there's all kinds of back and forth on Twitter on best commentating team in wrestling right now. And my God, if you're looking to be bored and entertained all at the same time, just go out to wrestling Twitter for a little while. But, um, so, but Taz, I mean, he's a guy that transferred and, and took that badass ring persona and really has parlayed that and, you know, because due to injury or whatever, into such a successful commentary gig, man, he's so good at what he does. He, he is really good at talking. I mean, the guy was a great promo guy when he wrestled probably the best in ECW. And, uh, I knew that he would be able to transfer over to the commentary just because of how good he was on the microphone. Yeah. Shout out to Taz, man. A uh, great job. And, uh, I'm a big fan of your work. AJ calls out Joe and there's a brawl and the mafia comes out for the beatdown, except for sting. And when sting finally makes his appearance, all the mafia, uh, you know, powders out for sting to cut a promo sting talks about how pathetic you are and the rest of the mafia. And then Nash stands up and says, it wasn't working with sting as the leader and says, you can make friends or you can make money but you can't make both in this business. Kurt, I mean, how accurate is that? I mean, is that a shoot or what? It depends who you are. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of guys uh, that, that do politics in the business, and they're the ones that can't have friends and make money at the same time. But I think it's possible that you can be friends and make money. You just have to do it the right way. And, you know, I think Kevin, at one point in his career, he probably was a little bit political and, uh, that's probably why he was able to say that. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Cannonballs. This summer, it's not about the size of those cannonballs. It's about making a splash with our friends at Manscaped. Prep for barbecue season by making sure your grill master has the hottest dogs the summer's ever seen. When you're at the cookout, let the meat speak for itself with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. It's time to get ready and not sweaty by going to manscaped.com and using code ANGLE for 20% off and free shipping. I remember trying to use a straight razor on my balls once. I nicked my Olympic jewel so bad, I cried real milk tears. Well, not anymore. Their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You too can feel safe wearing a low cut swimsuit without any stragglers peeking out. So take advantage now and get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANGLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code ANGLE. Manscaped, the perfect way to get your patty sizzling hot this summer. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> yeah, well, now you, you, you nailed it on the head. Sting hands a bat to Kevin Nash and dares him to prove that they're together and that they're friends. Nash goes to take a big swing, but Sting had a hidden bat to defend himself. And Joe gets the bat, and it's a main event mafia beatdown, and Sting is out of the group. See you, Sting. Do you think it was time for Sting to, to hit the bricks for the main event mafia? Yeah, yeah, it was time. We had Joe. We didn't need Sting anymore, unfortunately. But um, you know what? I think the whole idea was to even up the sides. You know, yeah. Sting had so much experience, uh, 30 years of experience. And, you know, the whole main event mafia together, we had like a combined 90 years of experience. And uh, just knowing that Sting was going to be on the babyface side uh, kind of evened it up a little bit. So here you go. You're working programs. Now you got sting as an adversary. You got Mick Foley as an adversary and you said it even things up a bit, right? Feels like a lot more of an even playing field. Foley finally wants his match. And of course it leads to another main event mafia beatdown. but Jeff Jarrett comes out for the save and he ends up hitting Foley with his guitar in the back. You talk with him about putting your two collective forces together. Jarrett said he's back in charge of the company. Now, uh, would Jeff and the mafia had made sense at this point or now? 
No, I don't think so. I, I mean, it all depends. You know, Jeff would have been a good member of the mafia. Don't get me wrong. Jeff, Jeff is a great heel. Uh, but at this point in time, him being the owner of the company, uh, it would have kind of been like, you know, the mafia would be unstoppable, like right. period, you know, having the owner of the company in, yeah. on your side, you know, that that's a bit too much. Yeah, that, that you're right. It's almost too much in your favor at that point. And, you know, does it play? Sure. Because Jeff's had the WWE background, the WCW background, I'm sure, you know, so it makes sense in that regard, but uh, I agree with you there. The match is made between you and Joe teaming up to take on Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles. My goodness. You, you have to get the pin in the match though, to retain your title, Kurt. Do you think that is a silly stipulation as far as a tag team match to keep your world title? The silliest thing I've ever heard in my life, period. <laughs> Listen, uh, in a triple threat match, you can get, you don't have to get pinned. You still lose, but you have the opportunity to break up the pinfall. But in a tag match, if you're on the ring apron and someone pins somebody in the ring, you can't do anything about it. So, you know, in reality, it, it's kind of hard to put a world title match on the line in a tag match because, you're, you're not involved in the match half the time and legally you can't do anything about it. So I, I just don't think that that was a great idea. Well, listen, uh, here's a guy I want to hear, uh, your opinion about a little bit and that's Matt Morgan because he's backstage and you're discussing with him how he's done so much and he's got one more job to do before he could be in the mafia. So you're kind of whining and dining him. Uh, but Talk to me about Matt Morgan. What were your thoughts about him at this point in his career? Oh, he was a great talent, great big guy. Um, I had a match with him at Bound for Glory. It's one of my favorite TNA wrestling matches of all time. Uh, Matt, Matt's a, a force. He was really good, and he never really reached his full potential. I believe that he could have gone a lot further in the company, definitely. Well, uh, Kurt, in the main event here, Jeff Jarrett passes out from the ankle lock after being in, in it forever, and you retain your title. I'm going to read that one more time. Jeff Jarrett passes out from Kurt Angle's ankle lock after being in it forever, and Kurt retains his championship. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew I'd get a chuckle out of you for that one. This leads to Matt Morgan keeping Christopher Daniels from going to the ring, and the Mafia is out for another beatdown. Of course. The lights go out. Sting comes out with a baseball bat and clears the ring. There's so much stuff going on here, man. Was it hard for you to follow sometimes, or are you just having fun yeah, with this you, whole? Yeah, you know what? We, we, were, we were the show. I yeah. mean, you know, the, and it wasn't just me. I, I You know, I had a program. Um, Scotty Steiner had a program. Booker T had a program. Kevin Nash had a program. Small Joe had one. So uh, the whole show was was the main event mafia. It's like we took over. Well, listen, this is, uh, this shows you where we're at in life at this point. Mick Foley goes out on his MySpace account and writes how he needs to be in better shape to keep up with you. Uh, do you think that was just his real feelings? Do you think this? Yes, <laughs> it was his real feelings. He was being completely honest because he came to me at least five times and said, listen, man, you got, you got to slow down. You got to, you know, be less intense. You know, I want to, I want to make it through the whole match. So you're going to have to take it easy on me. And he didn't mean by bumping him around. He didn't care about getting bumped. It was the problem was how intense I was, how, how hard I was going to wrestle. Kurt, the bigger question for you is, did you ever have a MySpace account? <laughs> no, I never had one. I don't think I want one either. Kurt, I already have you, enough accounts. The even bigger question is, do you even know what MySpace is? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm not a computer guy. I'm not it's a all good, guy. man. It, 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 Listen, Facebook took I'm over the world. People, I don't get apps. I call 800 numbers, okay? <laughs> and I get mad when they don't want to answer right. or they, they tell you to go straight to an app. I'm like, I don't do apps. You know, just talk to me. 800 numbers, like 800 fat girls where it's just so easy to stick it in. <laughs> yep, your credit card, that is. Okay. Well, listen, on Impact, for some reason, you take on Jarrett and Foley in a three-way and you walk out to the ring with the, the title or mafia members. Eric Young is also the referee. And at the end, you put the ankle lock on Foley and Eric Young rings the bell, claiming Mick gave up, even though Foley was yelling, no, no, no. I mean, not exactly what you're looking at to sell the upcoming pay-per-view, is it? No, man. We should have had an all-out bra, a no contest. Uh, it should have been a brawl to the end. I, I believe that Mick and I should have been double, um, you know, double countdown, uh, count out. Yeah. Uh, 
something that 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 would continue the match to the pay per view. Keep like the interest going. Lock and having yeah. the match fixed. You know, Eric Young. You know, saying he tapped out when he didn't. It was just a little weird. Yeah, and eventually you would wrap up Foley and Barbed Wire with the other main event Mafia members before security attempts to save Mick. Uh, Kurt, did you ever have any interest in uh, doing anything with Barbed Wire? Nope, don't want to do anything with Barbed Wire. Uh, no ladders, no chairs, no tables, no gimmicks. I want to straight up wrestle. No thumbtacks? with Mick Foley at, at yeah. this pay-per-view. No thumbtacks? Have you taken thumbtacks before? I believe I didn't take it. Christian did, but okay. um, uh, I I would never take that. No, no, I'm nah. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're the wrestling machine, not the hardcore gimmick machine. Well, for the first time publicly, you would talk about how you were in the wrong for when you left the WWE. Kurt, here we go. So why was this a point where you had regret regarding the way you left WWE? Well, I was so angry at the WWE. Um, you know, I had a painkiller problem. I was getting injured quite a bit, and they had me working my butt off full time. You know, I just wanted some time off, and I started lashing out to Vince McMahon and everybody else, and I was I was pretty much an asshole. And uh, I, I look back, and I think, you know what? I'm the one that got myself in that situation. You know, the thing is, Vince and the company and everybody, they were dodging me. They, were, they weren't answering my calls. Uh, I, I, was, I was really reaching out. I really wanted help. And um, nobody was really helping me out. So, um, you know, but, but when I look back at it now, I'm like, it's nobody's fault but mine. And I realized that. So, I, you know, I went public and said, listen, it wasn't the WWE's fault. It was my fault. And I take the blame for it. TNA, did they care at all that you, did, you made that choice to do that? And they go they better not care because it yeah. was me being honest. I, I, I wasn't saying anything bad about TNA. No. I was just saying that it wasn't the WWE's fault. It was my fault. Well, Kurt, on the go-home impact, Mick Foley cuts a promo about how he feels naked, speaking of naked and afraid, without the TNA title, and that no one wants to see him naked, so he's going to win the title back. He calls you out and asks you to not have any interference from anyone in the mafia so you two can finally determine who's the better man. And, and I uh, said, only if you're naked. Yeah, yeah. Naked, please, for Kurt. Angle said, this is a man's game, not a boy's game. And he does what it takes to survive. He said, that's why they get so upset at the young punks who are spoon-fed and spoiled and get paid more than they deserve. He mocked them for saying they can't wrestle tonight because they got a blister last night. This is you, dude, cutting some serious sh shit here. Angle told Foley he's worked through pain before. They're changing our world, Mick, a world that we're trying so hard to preserve, he, Angle said. He said it's not just about money, as they're trying to help him and Jared as well as themselves. Then Sting's music plays. That's direct from the torch, Kurt. Was that something that was happening at this time in TNA with younger roster members, or is this just all part of the... Listen, you really think these guys are getting overpaid? <laughs> No, no okay. nobody. <laughs> no, no. Do you really think they just got a blister? They took the day off. These guys were trying to prove themselves every day. They they were trying to go above Kurt Angle and above Sting. And you know what? The, that was all bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, it was just me trying to get heat. It's just you cutting a promo, a good promo, right? Trying to be a heat magnet. I don't know if it was good. <laughs> well, you know, I thought that was pretty fun. And uh, we had a member from Ad Free Shows, Brian Haremza, said instead of naked Midian, we're getting naked Mick Foley. So there you go. A lot of nudity in this in the theme of this show. Uh, everything that we don't want to see. Uh, so we continue on with the storyline. When Sting comes out, he says he wants one last chance at you, and you tell Sting it'll be in the six sides of steel. Kurt, this one is on free TV. What are we doing here? You and Sting in a cage match? It's free. I don't know. I brought this up, too. Um, Sting versus Kurt Angle uh, in a steel cage. Free TV. What the hell were they thinking? Um, it, it really does make me think, you know, what they were thinking at that particular time. and Were they just trying to get a rating on TV? I don't know. Dude, that's, that's like printing at that point. Uh, you know, we're talking about 2009 here. That's like, hello, let's sell some pay-per-view buys angle yes. and sting six sides of steel. Yeah. That's what should have happened. Yeah. Yes. Well, 
there we go. It's not booked. It's not promoted. It's not a pay-per-view. And uh, the torch has, has uh, this to say. Kurt Angle fought Sting to a no contest in 10 minutes. Jarrett was on guest commentary, said Foley is so unpredictable. Sometimes he creates situations he's not smart enough to get out of. Angle was in control after the break. Sting made a comeback at seven minutes, sending him into the cage and scoring a two count. Angle came back by driving Sting into a corner with shoulder blocks. Angle hits a back suplex. Uh, we continue to move throughout the match. Eventually, the lights go out, and FTW13 appears on the screen. Tanay said he thinks he knows who that signified. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jarrett got up and tried to climb to the cage. Angle bashed at his fingers with a nightstick. Foley tried to climb the cage. Angle should have stood and laughed at the prospects of that, but instead <laughs> he bashed his fingers too. Nash then came out and attacked Jarrett. Joe then applied his uh, sleeper on Sting in mid-ring as Angle stood guard. Uh, Taz's entrance is a tease for Victory Road, but man, this is a big-time match, and it somehow ends in no contest. This will be your last singles match with Sting, Kurt, for two years. How surprising is that for you? That's a shame. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to wrestle Sting for two years, and it didn't happen. That is a damn crime. It, it is. Hey, guys, Tony Schiavone. Need to call a timeout real quick. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling what happened when listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. On a new edition of The Insiders, Conrad sits down with former Turner Finance executive Dirty Dick Cheatham talking about the internal war between WCW and Turner and the Monday Night War with the WWF. And my assistant said, hey, you're not going to believe who's down there. I said, who, who? She says, China's down there. And I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, and I went over to her window and looked at hey, the whole, all the eggs is down there. Get the camera. <laughs> so, so we went down there. And of course, there were eggs and that was down there in the fight with security. On a bonus episode of My World, Double J watches back his tag team championship match against FTR and breaks down the hilarious Briscoe farm skit that preceded it. And they say, can y'all be in the background talking? And the four of us are down there, really, just you know, all four of us. But Lethal and Sanjay, I said, we got to start being silly. I just started strumming the guitar and Sanjay <laughs> started bouncing that baby and Sanjay and him started doing the dose to dough. I think this is, I don't know, this is the funniest, but I still think it's, it's a, hilarious. It's a complete ad lib, but it played to, you know, the line he said, them clowns, and we're down there dancing. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself. My ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Well, hey, we're gonna um, we're gonna watch the match together here. So we have this match from uh, from Victory Road, and it's from 2009. We're at the show, and then uh, we'll, we're not gonna sit and listen to the whole thing. We're gonna interact, comments. Uh, I have Melter's review, and guys from Ad Free, if you have some things that you want to talk to Kurt about, that we can do as we watch this match together. Kurt, are you ready to watch this? I am ready, Paul. All right, let's go. I am going to uh, make sure that we get this all set up for YouTube with our branding here, and uh, and we'll go ahead and, and take a look. Here we go. Samoa Joe, we are all waiting for an answer. Why would you join the main event mafia? It was a masterpiece designed by the master himself, me. When Samoa Joe returned from the beating the main event mafia gave him a few months ago, he was an animal thirsty for blood. Samoa Joe's And we knew we had to sign Samoa Joe. But Samoa Joe's price tag was a little steep. And that is where Jenna came in. The last thing we need is for her to invest her millions in TNA. So what I want you to do is charm the pants off that You said you were the hottest thing ever to be in TNA. For the past few weeks, we had every member of the main event mafia taking a bullet for the greater of the family. My only purpose for being here is to torture the main event mafia. Joe going up the ladder, Angle follows him up. He just handed the belt to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle has become TNA World Heavyweight Champion thanks to one man, Samoa Joe. I'm cashing in the rematch. 
Klaus Kurt, it's going to be me and you, one-on-one -on -one for the World Heavyweight Championship. In my contract, it states that I have the right to pick my opponent, not you. When you want something from the main event mafia, you have to give something back. What is this we hear that you gave Scott and Booker a title shot with beer money at Victory Road? In return, you get a title shot with Kurt Angle. We deserve that rematch. How about we put two of the greatest tag team, and the winner goes on to take on beer money at Victory Road. I like it. You committed the cardinal sin when you crossed the boss and went back on your word. You knew there would be consequences. You knew there would be a penance to be paid. This does not look good for Mick Foley. I know this is hard to watch, but this is some payback for when he went against Kurt Angle and he allowed Team 3D to get back in that title picture when he made an agreement. Oh, this is too much. Look at the barbed wire in the man's face. The dynasty of the main event mafia continues. You know that I may not have much, and I've made my share of mistakes. I tapped out Kurt, and it made me sick to my stomach, and I vowed I'd never feel that way again. If you can beat me, go ahead. If you're thinking about me tapping, it just won't happen. At Victory Road, we find out who the true TNA World Heavyweight Champion is. No main event mafia, no Mick Foley security. One on one. Mick Foley challenges Kurt Angle in a rematch for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. It's made up. All right, so there it is. It's the World Championship match. Love that belt. Love that TNA Championship title belt. It is pretty, So, yeah. Kurt, you're, uh, you, you mentioned it. We joked around about you growing your, your stubble right now. But what was the, the decision? Brian Haremz even said on the show, were you trying to grow your hair out at this time? Is it, what, was the, what, what was the thought? What was the thought? <laughs> what little hair I had left. Um, yeah, just a different look no, for no, you? You know what? I, I was doing a movie called Warrior, and uh, my Russian fighter that I played, Koba, was supposed to have hair on his chin and look okay. up on top of the head. So I kind of liked it and I kept it for a while. So that was just, Hey, you know what? I'm liking the, the stubble look and I'm going to, yep. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. We got it the tail. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It adds a little twist, you know, and, uh, probably not having to bick as often. Right. Obviously <laughs> you got the tail of the tape, uh, fully fights for TNA's future angles, battling for mafia control and domination. Uh, I don't know if it gets sexier than that, but, uh, yeah, this is a big match. They did a nice job kind of recapping the fight going into it, which I enjoyed watching the barbed wire and Kurt, you're jumping all over the place in these highlights. I mean, you were, you were kind of reckless with the way that you used your body in these TNA days. Yeah, I was, man. I put everything on the line. I, you know, I, I had a better career in TNA than I did in WWE, which is hard for me to say, but I took a lot more chances in TNA. You did. Too. I mean, there's leaps off of stages. There's moonsaults <laughs> off of cages. There's jumps into the crowd. We well, saw some funny. of it there. Yeah. I mean, you were, yeah, you were, uh, you were all over the place. Here comes the man known for the red and black plaid, and he's sporting it as he walks down to the ring. And is, and you know, it's more that cactus jack uh, look that he's sporting with the tights bang, and the bang. boots. Yeah, bang bang. This is the this is the character that I fell in love with as a kid, man, because he just didn't give a shit about his body hurting himself and whoever he was in the ring with. You know what? He had, he had a, a few good characters to be honest with you, but this was my favorite too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing, not, not taking away anything from mankind or dude, love all creative, all fun in their own way. But you knew when he came out looking like that, it was going to be somebody was getting the shit kicked out of him or he was being destroyed. Let's listen to your little opener here. that didn't work in terms of Mick Foley talking to AJ Styles and Beer Money Incorporated. At the same time, I don't know whether it was a pep talk or I don't know whether it was an ultimatum, but when we saw Kurt Angle talk to Kevin Nash, Booker T, Scott Steiner, Samoa Joe, and tell them it was win or else, what can I say? Every member of the main event mafia has delivered tonight. You don't want to look at the negative... Amazing reception, full of booze and hatred for Kurt Angle at this point. Uh, what's I'm up with? 
What's uh, talk to me about the you're going with a little different. This is the fashionista point of the current angle show. Uh, the striped, the the knee pads and the slinglet. That's a different look for well, you. It's the Godfather look. Ah, okay. That's what pinstripe suit, pinstripe ah. singlet. <laughs> oh, hello, Bromwell. I get it now. All coming together. Okay. It's Jeremy Borash on the call. TNA official, Mr. Andrew Thomas. Any thoughts and memories of Andy Thomas as the referee? Did you guys party yeah, at all? He was good. I was really he? enjoyed his work. Um, he he was he was my second favorite behind Brian Hebner. Okay, uh, Brian Brian was the guy. I knew I, he I, was I, your I guy. Told you about him. He was really yeah. good. But uh, this guy was pretty good too. Andrew Thomas. All right, Andrew a little Thomas, yeah. get a little shout out, a little love from Kurt Angle here on the Kurt Angle show. Kurt Angle, Andrew. We never talk about Andrew here on the show, so let's give him his flowers. Here, speaking of flowers, I noticed that you had a big one on your shirt that you were wearing. Yeah, that was a new Main Event Mafia t-shirt. Wow. It's unfortunate we can't still purchase that one. Maybe we can get a similar design for the Kurt Angle Show store. That would be fun. Not a bad idea. There's a lot of talk going on here, though. Like, let's just start fighting. Okay, guys? Jeremy, what are we doing? Are we selling stuff on the TNA store? What is... Now, Kurt, you are so lean here, pal. That's from the, the movie. I had to get down to 195 pounds. I had to lose 35 pounds. Wow. It wasn't easy, man. I, I had to diet my ass off. Where are you at right now, weight-wise? I'm about 215. So you're, what, 20-some pounds? 20 pounds heavier than I was there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Kurt. Yep. It's unfortunate. I, uh, I, I worked my butt off, man, and uh, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, and don't forget, at this point in time, I was still drinking 12-pack of beer every night. So that's 1200 calories. So what little food I What ate were you even eating? I had to I had to have a 2000 calorie a day meal uh, or plan. So I was only eating 800 calories cuz I had to have my liquor. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I know what you eat I lost now. a lot of muscle size because of that. Oh man. So yeah. so the, overall you're just in, I mean you look like this but you're really in poor health nutrition wise. I'm a, I'm a wreck. <laughs> I was a wreck. Mm -hmm. I really was. Mm -mm. You can't even you can't even recognize me here. I mean, it's no. You look you look person. anemic. Yeah, yeah. No and tan. I was really pale too. Yeah, I was gonna exactly. I just right right there. You were pale. You don't even look tan. Um. Yeah. Wow. And you're wearing and uh, white shoes. It's an interesting look for Kurt Angle. Yeah. I, I, this was my uh, weird stage of my career. <laughs> Guys, weird Kurt Angle is what for he's and he's the TNH heavyweight champion. <laughs> wow. Uh, and somebody Brian, should have fired me for wearing those shoes. Yeah. What is up with the shoes? Brian Haremza said if I drank a 12 pack, I feel like I gained a hundred pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like Kurt's breakfast lunch. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. man, let's get into some of, some of the notes here, some of the synopsis on the match because uh, Meltzer had uh, a review of the show overall. He said there's no nice way to write about TNA's Victory Road pay per view on July 19th in Orlando. The best you can say is that history has shown that even the worst pay per view possible isn't going to have major long-term negative negative effects. The show was a classic example of how the mentality of the company has changed over the past few years. And, uh, and I want to get your reaction to some of this. When TNA started doing three-hour pay-per-view shows, they quickly garnered a reputation for doing the best pay-per-view shows in the business. The reason is that at the time, those in charge made it a priority. Matches were put together with the mentality of having mostly good matches on a show. If for storyline reasons, there was to be a bad match, an attempt was made to balance it out in other ways on the show. This show looked bad on paper because there wasn't that one match that could point to and give 20 minutes to pick up the slack for the bad matches. All of the usual standouts had problems. Kurt Angle was in with a groin pull, suffered while filming fighting scenes for the MMA role he's playing in a movie. And Mick Foley, who is limited but is usually smart enough to camouflage those limitations, went in with the idea of providing a gimmick-free match. Hmm, I wonder whose idea was that. Um, <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> yeah. While it was far Big from <laughs> Yeah. It was far from the usual angle pay-per-view quality. It was the only above average match on the show. But I mean, Kurt, that's a solid synopsis of TNA at this point in time right now, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know what? They got away from the wrestling. They were known as a wrestling company, wrestling pay-per-views, even a TV. And now we're doing all these storylines and a lot less wrestling. And not only that, but interference all the time and DQs and all this bullshit. There were never straight-up wins anymore. Or, you know what? I'll I'll give you an example. Main Event Mafia, I believe in this pay-per-view, we won all of our matches. Not once did we cheat. Why not? We were the heels. We all yeah. should have cheated, and we didn't. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, uh, I, I got to ask. He mentioned the, the groin, the tearing of the groin. Talk about that when doing the movie and then how it affected you there and now working as back in, in, in the business. Well, when I was, when I was uh, doing the movie, we, we did the fight scenes for about six months. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work. We were doing it over and over and over. Um, uh, Joe Egerton got hurt. He hurt his knee, so he was out for two months. So I'm going with his double for a couple months. And then Joe comes back. I go with him for two months. Uh, Tom Hardy, same thing. Something happened to him. He got sick. He had to sit out for a while. So all this was happening, and uh, we, we were just trying to get the movie done. And uh, I was working my butt off. I was Every day I was at, at, in the octagon fighting every single day either wrestling their body double or the, or the actor themselves. And I, I took a, I shot a double leg. I went to lift them and I popped my groin Mm. and I tore it. And uh, I knew right on the spot I was in trouble. And the trainer came and checked me out and we finished up that day. And I called WWE or TNA and I said, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. They said, do you think you could make it through a 10 minute match, a 12 minute match? I said, yeah, I could probably work around that. So that's probably why they had me do that promo uh, or before the, before the pay-per-view where I said uh, the match wouldn't be long because I'm going to take Mick out uh, as soon as okay. I can. You know? So I think that was a, a lot of the reason why I did that promo. Uh, it's funny, Darren Staley put in the chat, he was angle on the outside, but Mick Foley on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with his diet and everything. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good synopsis. But as you watch yourself here, I'm sure you, Kurt, you know, obviously, you know yourself, you know your body, you're, you're watching yourself here. Are you able to easily tell, man, I can tell my groin was hurting. I just was no, nowhere near where I should be in shape. Yeah, yeah. I was really protecting it. And um, like that right there hurt the shit out of me. I can't imagine. Right here, this move, where I went over top rope. Oh, man, my groin popped really hard. I remember that. And uh, I just had to protect it the whole time. I was I was more focused on my groin, protecting my groin, than I was the match. Which stinks, man, because how much different could have this been, right, if you're healthy and feeling good with a great match like with Mick Foley, you know? Well, well, if, if even with mixed limitations because of his conditioning and everything, if I was 100% healthy, I could make the match look a lot better. I would have been able to do a lot more stuff, make Mick, Mick look a mar- lot more dominant, and I would have been able to make the match much better than it was. Let's go back to Dave Meltzer because he says, the show's storyline was that the main event mafia was going to win all the major matches clean. Exactly what you said, Kurt. However, the last two matches ending with Sting and Foley tapping out was shocking. That wasn't the idea. Sting's supposed to get pinned after a muscle buster, but allegedly forgot the finish. Yikes. Joe twice tried to get Sting up for the finish, and Sting deadweighted him. He didn't even try a third time. He called his own audible and put Sting in the choke and called for Sting to tap out. Do you remember any of this? Are you in Gorilla? Yeah, go ahead. I was like, shit, we're in trouble because I'm going to make Mick tap out. And that means the heels win the last two matches by tap out. You talk about domination. That's not supposed to happen when you're heels. So I was even thinking about calling an audible and uh, just pinning Mick. But uh, the the, um, people in charge told me to stick with the tap out. All right, we're going to keep going with this show be, as we watch this together uh, with Meltzer's, you know, reliving this. He said the show, all, oh, and we talked about this, also featured one of the worst pay-per-view matches in history with Charmel versus Jenna Maraska. Uh, the match looked terrible on paper, and nobody has been able to give an explanation as to why it was booked in the first place. They had been building a TV program. Listen, if somebody wants to wrestle Jenna, I mean, come on. But it's not <laughs> like anyone was clamoring for the match, and there are, all, are ways to do it while hiding them such as a mixed tag. 
I mean, come on, right? He's dead. He's spot on. Correct. And only having him do a few carefully planned spots. Uh, Jenna's performance may have been the worst since Jackie Gata's TV debut on Raw coming off of Tough Enough. Actually, it was worse than that since Jenna couldn't have even run the ropes in a straight line. And her slaps were among the worst in history. Yikes. Charmel's had some training as she wrestled some gimmick matches in WCW when they were dying and went to OVW to train to be a wrestler in WWE before she's let go and then later brought back as Booker's manager. But why on earth did they have her wrestle in an evening gown? It's like they were handicapped to begin with, and that only made things worse. Not only does wearing the gown limit mobility, but the material on the gown was falling off all over the ring, making things appear even more second rate. Kurt, do you remember any backstage reaction watching this debacle? You know what? I'll tell you this. It wasn't Jenna's fault. She had no idea what she was doing. She would have, should have never been in this position. If anything, they should have had her train for a little bit, at least four to six weeks, let her get ready for this, let her learn the spots. All she had to do is learn that match. She didn't have to learn how to wrestle. But she could have learned how to hit the ropes, learn how to bump, and learn just a few spots for the match. The match wasn't that long, so they could have done a lot better job with it if they would have uh, opened up their eyes and stopped being jackasses. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. You uh, you mentioned how you said, hey, this is going to be a quick match. Meltzer acknowledges that in his comments, too. He said, after the first match, Angle did an interview telling people not to expect a pay-per-view quality main event. <laughs> let's let's just let you all know that up front. <laughs> Warning. They yeah, they didn't acknowledge his injury, just saying that he was out to beat Foley as quick as possible. He also said that if anyone in the Mafia loses on the show, they will be fired on the spot. It was nice to tell everyone the finishes ahead of time, <laughs> according to Dave Meltzer. But what well, do you think? Do you think that you know ruined what? it at all? Okay. If I say the match is going to be a short match, doesn't mean it's going to be. Yeah. If I say that I'm going to fire all the main event mafia members that lose, doesn't mean I'm going to. I mean, I do understand what he's saying, but it wasn't like we were giving everything away. We were just, I was just telling them like it was, what would happen if, if this situation occurred. That doesn't mean you're giving it away. I don't believe that for a second. I, uh, we, we got a question from the chat and, uh, I'm going to ask it here and, uh, it, it brought it up to Darren because that slinglet and, uh, and just the ring shape and the shoes and the whole nine yards of how you're carrying yourself in the ring. But he says, uh, it, this isn't match specific, but, um, I'm just wondering David Schultz, would he have been a better fit for pro wrestling or MMA? <laughs> Dave Schultz, definitely MMA. He was a guy that would tie you in a knot and hurt you. He was a mean dude. He, um, very nice in person, but you get him on the wrestling mat. He's a monster. I mean, this guy was whipping my ass. I was 220 pounds. He was 165. Right when I got out of college, he's beating the shit out of me. I mean, he was a badass. He was a tough son of a gun. He, he literally, he got wrenched me and he popped my rib. I mean, he, he, he just knows how to inflict pain right and he's really good at it and i remember one time he uh he broke um uh the turk the best turk on the olympic team his arm uh broke his arm uh wrestling and he did it on purpose and i remember when i went over to turkey they thought that uh or you know what it was his brother mark no no okay. no it was dave it was dave yeah 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 it was dave or mark i can't remember which one that's okay it was a long time ago us. yeah but um I went over to Turkey and they mistook me for Mark and they were worried that somebody was going to try to kill me Oh no! because the Turk got his arm broken. And I was like, Holy shit. Like, what do I do? So they gave me security and uh, I walked around with security while I was in Turkey. Now, listen, as we watched, as we watched that speaking of badasses and crazy things, we just saw Foley do his traditional move where he jumps off the side of the ring, elbows you onto the floor, which I've always just thought, what a spot. I mean, it hurts him almost more than it hurts you. Could you imagine what his hips are like now? No, dude, that's why he's, he hobbles around everywhere. Talk to me about the sock. How did that taste? Did you enjoy the taste of the old uh, gym sock in your mouth? Let me tell you this. He doesn't wash it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your head, your wrestling headgear that you used to wear. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like the wig. The not wig, the that's it. Wig, yeah, yeah, the wig, that's it. <laughs> so, it stinks, man. It stinks uh, really badly. He's got you tied up here pretty good, like a pretzel. <laughs> this looks like any, and that sock is like halfway down your gullet. I want to know how many miles that sock was in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, trust me, you're not the first, and you probably won't be the last, as Ric Flair says. Um, uh, 
So here, we're going to read the review, the final review of this match as we start to watch it wind down here from Meltzer. He says, Kurt Angle, this really isn't a spoiler. This happened in 09, guys. Beat Mick Foley in 14 minutes, 6 seconds to retain the TNA title. Crowd was dead. Crowd was dead. They did the best they could. Angle even missed a moonsault spot. Foley used the DDT for a near fall. Foley pulled out the sock. But Angle threw Foley into referee Andrew Thomas. Another Andrew Thomas shout-out. Andrew, we hope you're doing great. Angle used a low blow in the Olympic slam, but Foley kicked out. Angle blamed Thomas and gave him an elbow drop. <laughs> My God, this poor guy. That made no sense that there wasn't a disqualification. He's still Foley used an elbow drop off the apron onto the floor, which we saw. He was probably feeling that one the next day. Dave, he still feels him, okay? Foley threw him in the ring and went for the pin, but Angle kicked out. Foley put the sock claw on Angle, which we just witnessed. Angle powered out and landed on top and did ground and pound like an MMA match and then grabbed an ankle lock. Foley made the ropes the first time. Angle put the hold on again, and Foley took the sock off his hand but still didn't escape Angle. Uh, Angle did the heel hook, which led to Foley tapping out. Here he is, the tap out. Man, I'm right on par with this, timing-wise. <laughs> the entire mafia gets into the ring to celebrate all their wins as the show goes off the air. Dave Meltzer just gave you two and a half stars. That might be one of the lowest-rated matches I think I've ever read back to you, Kurt, from Dave. I don't blame him. I do understand. I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, you, you I, had it. I'm actually happy he gave me two and a half. <laughs> yeah, at least it wasn't minus four like the ladies' match. <laughs> now here comes the mafia. You're you got your arms raised in the air. Nash is he's hobbling out, Looking and good. I think I think that's how he normally walks now. And then there's there's Booker, um, Samoa Joe looking Samoa like Mike Jones. Tyson with that that you know fake tattoo on his face. And Taz. Oh, and here's Taz. Let's listen a little bit to what's going on here. The outset, we've been here for seven years, and I've got to tell you, this is a worst-case scenario. The main event, Steiner. Mafia, clean sweep, championship after championship after championship, factoring Samoa Joe's win over Sting. And what we have witnessed tonight at Victory Road is that complete and that total domination that the Mafia promised. Well, it's unprecedented. They have all the power here in TNA. It, it all started when they were able to convince Joe to come over. Look at that. Look at that array of champions. Past, present, future, and now. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's one thing saying it, it's another doing it. And I'm going to tell you, they did it. They backed it up, and they carried it out. Yes, the exclusive all-world heavyweight champion fraternity known as the Main Event Mafia. Yes, they have done it. They've taken all the championship gold tonight at Victory Road, and I'm instructed that we are going to go back right now at this point and review what went down tonight. I mean, think about all. Do we really? But do we this is some payback oh, for when he went again. Sorry, Mike, today we're not going to review that. We're done with the show. I hit the wrong button. But, Kurt, what'd you think overall? I mean, working with Mick at this time, probably wish you'd have been healthier and, and you know. Yeah, I wish Mick was in better wrestling shape. Um, I know he wished he was, uh, but still, it wasn't bad. I, I was really happy with the match. Especially with me and my groin injury, and that's right. Knowing that he didn't have the conditioning that he wanted, uh, I thought the match wasn't shit. I thought it was okay. Yeah, his wrestling shape, but also your injury. All right, you're hurting. You're 190 soaking wet, uh, maybe with the <laughs> the sock hanging out 191 out of your mouth. But so yeah. Uh, but listen, this was only one. Your only one on one match with Mick that I could find. Do, do, do yeah, you know, you know what? I, I'm sure that's the only match I wrestled Mick. Isn't that crazy? I don't remember of any other match. Yeah. So overall, though, if you were to say you don't think it was a disappointment, you're you're somewhat happy. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish Mick and I could have wrestled in our prime. Um, but uh, at this point in time, Mick was a little bit past his prime. Uh, I was still kind of in my prime, but uh, I was injured. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Mick can still go. He could still go today. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing you and Mick Foley in hell in a cell. 
That would have been something I wouldn't look forward to. <laughs> Kurt, you're going off the I, top I this that, time. I know Nick would be taking the bumps in the ring. See, look, you're already like, I ain't doing that shit. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, so good. This was, a, this was a great time of your career. I know, obviously, you're dealing with injury and movies and, and all that, but it, it is fun to go back and watch. Next week, Kurt, we're going to be watching back a classic Raw is War from 2005. It's the July 4th edition, and uh, you're in a major part of the show as you and Carlito team up to take on HBK and Hulk Hogan in a tag match. Uh, we're also going to be watching Kane and Big Show taking on Snitsky and Edge. Viscera takes on the heartthrobs. Uh, we have Chavo Guerrero in a new gimmick. And the highlight reel with Chris Jericho and John Cena. Buddy, that's a star-studded affair right there. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, Kurt. Listen, guys, make sure you, as we watch TNA today, I want to thank all of our ad-free show folks for being here. Thank you, guys. Uh, all of you for chiming in and uh, being a part of this. We don't get to do too many uh, lives on ad-free, the Kurt Angle Show, because of the clips that we share. But when we do TNA and ask Kurt, we're going to make sure that we uh, include you guys in on it. We had a blast with you today. Check out ad-free shows. You can go over there, get uh, early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite podcasts, starting at just 9 bucks a month. And now you can enjoy the first week completely on us. Darren, thank you. All the guys in the chat saying they loved it. Enjoyed the show today, Kurt. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Yep. The first week, completely free sign up. And by the way, for those of you that are with us here, we are going to be doing a live Zoom event uh, for our ad-free show friends at the end of this month. So keep an eye out on the calendar. Kurt and I are going to come over, and we're going to spend some time with all of you. So check it out. Also, uh, check out all Kurt's past top impact moments. You can go to impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. And uh, Brian Haremza says, Kurt, this was awesome. We need more live Kurt. So uh, we're going to do our best to uh, to make that happen. Um, but guys, check it out, impactwrestling.com forward slash packages, code Kurt. And if your business targets 25 to 54-year-old men, no better place than to advertise with angle.com. Go to advertise with angle.com. Kurt and I will work on putting together some fun uh, ad reads for you and make sure that we promote your product or service. So check it out now, advertisewithangle.com and find out more how you can do so with us. Uh, also, you can follow us on social, whether it's uh, at Real Kurt Angle on Twitter or Instagram. I really enjoy Kurt's Instagram at uh, uh, Kurt Angle on Instagram. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong there at at the Real Kurt Angle. Should I say on Instagram? Uh, that's where you're going to find his shenanigans, and uh, you never know what you're going to see. And uh, check us out on YouTube, Kurt. We're continuing to see those numbers increase. YouTube.com forward slash The Angle Pod. Uh, but now that hundred thousand. We're going, we're working to a hundred thousand. All of you guys make sure in the chat, you subscribe, smash the notifications, let the algorithm do its thing. It'll help promote us to other people as well. So do what you do on YouTube for us and we'll love you for it. Kurt, go ahead, rotate that chair, grab those chicken snacks. You know what time it is and tell our listeners about physicallyfit.com. Physically fit, nutrition, chicken snacks, and snack smart crispy protein bites. We also have whey protein bites as well. So there's whey protein, chicken protein, and plant protein. Uh, you can get um, different flavors. There are 11 different flavors. They're all delicious. You're going to absolutely love them. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours and uh, use promo code ANGLE. No, ANGLE, Angle Pod. Pod. Yeah. Angle Pod get 20% off your first order, or you can become a lifetime member on the website and get 25% off the rest of your life. These are absolutely delicious. You will love them. Physicallyfit.com. Angle 2009 TNA needed all the chicken snacks he could have ever eaten. Trust me, we just watched it. He needed chicken <laughs> snacks. <laughs> Not only that, he also needed some protein in his life, specifically awesome. cookies and cream, right? Yeah, I got the cookies and cream protein, the Kurt Angles, American Dream Cookies and Cream Protein. You can go to projectonenutrition.com to order yours. It's the absolute best tasting protein you'll ever try. The reason why I pick cookies and cream, because I love cookies and milk, and that's what it tastes like. You're going to love it. Go to projectonenutrition.com to order it. Darren Staley said, you just didn't need chicken snacks back then. You needed whole chickens the way you looked. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Not he's so true. He's eating them now. Every time I'm with him, chicken breasts, broccoli. Can I get two chicken breasts? No roll and broccoli. Uh, KurtAngleBrand.com for the Kurt Angle lover in your life. Check it out. KurtAngleBrand.com. Go to the home screen. His face that he makes on the home screen is worth the price of admission. But he's selling cameos over there. I'm going to tell you uh, something that he wants to say, but I'm going to steal his line. He's got the whole ball of wax. Whole over ball there. of wax. Whole I, ball I, of I wax. <laughs> I know. T-shirts, uh, cameo videos, whether you're getting married, your kid's bar mitzvah, it doesn't matter. He'll do a cameo video for you. Birthday cards. What else are you shilling over there, Kurt? Uh, cowboy hats, milk cartons, everything. The whole ball of wax. <laughs> KurtAnglebrand.com. Guys, check us out on boxagimmicks.com. You can buy T-shirts that we wear right here on the show each and every week. I'm, I'm wearing my new gray one, Kurt. I got the blue. Kurt, you like the gray there, don't you? I, I like it better than the blue, actually. <laughs> All right. That's what I'm going for. Hey, guys, listen, we love you. Thank you for supporting the show. We'll be back next week, as we said, watching Raw together. And uh, Brian Haremza wants to know, when are we getting the whole ball of wax T-shirt? So we might have to... <laughs> I don't even know what that's going to You know what? Dom's like. going to make that one. Definitely. <laughs> Dom, Dom, we need a whole ball of wax for the t-shirt store. <laughs> On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you all right back here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.